everyone. Welcome back to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets. It's The Mix. Powered by Mayo Media Net here on YouTube. Presented by Jock Market. Love that Daily Fantasy app where we actually make money. Download that bad boy for free. Use the promo code MMN. They're going to match the first 100 bucks for free. If it's free, it's for me. It's been a really good season in Jock Market. And we love it because of the nuance and the context. That's really what that game is all about. Similar to the real market, it's about being proactive opposed to being reactive and being really sharp just to taste of what you're going to get here rate review and subscribe to the audio only pod subscribe to the youtube channel and in just a little bit i'm going to ask you to jam your cartoon finger right up inside me because those youtube likes matter way more than they should it's your host john lagaza the big dude with the big mouth from the big apple big johnny stud coming to you worldwide from brooklyn new york as always we're coming out the chair as always what else is new around here the one man band banging the drum man come on i absolutely live for this and i really hope that this work kind of resonates that right i mean i really am up before the crack of dawn you know how we do it man death taxes the sun rising in the east setting in the west and the big man up before the crack oh down to bring you this the fastest show in nfl absolutely anywhere man you take that bad boy to the bank and if you disagree get up in the comments and let me know how we can jam any more shite into this box without any further ado let's get up into the blue chip section brought to you by jock market but these are the top projected players per run the sims absolutely love that program not just saying it because i do like to adjust and that's one thing they're very good at you can use the site projections which i think are very good but i like to fine-tune the dials against something we talk about on the show we know in this expanding world of gambling legalization more and more people are playing these games more and more people are using projections, more and more people are blindly using projections, which is part of the reason why DFS, conventional DFS and daily play has gotten sharper, which just means when we find a little bit of edge, it's going to be that fine-tuning that will separate us from the crowd. Let's do it. It's the Ravens and the Buckos on week eight, Thursday night football. I almost forgot what night it is. You know, I, I almost forgot what night this game is being played because this might be a good football game. Thursday night has been so bad. Everyone's beating that joke to death for the Ravens at the top of the board. It's Lamar, my man, LJ. It's been a bit of a slide lately. 21.8 points. He is the top projected player right there with Tom Brady. But let's do the Ravens first. Followed up by Mark Andrews at 15. Think about that big drop down because we know Lamar runs. Big drop down to Gus Edwards at 9. Drop down to Bateman at 8, down to Duvernay at 7. So the projections right off the bat are telling us it's kind of what we thought, right? The very top-heavy offense, lots of Lamar, they're expecting running, lots of Andrews, and not much after that. Other side, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady with that same projection at the quarterback position right at 22 points to Godwin at 19.5 higher than Andrews to Leonard Fournette at 18.5 higher than Andrews to Mike Evans 17.4 higher than Andrews down to Rashad White tied with Gus Edwards so just think about that the projection systems have the backup running back for the Buccaneers tied with the starting I guess quote-unquote starting running back for the Ravens listen I don't want to beat this stuff to death good players do good things right we know that let's dive up into some stats 
oh man, I'm, I'm a little bit worried right now because I have like a new provider going on, so I have a new format anytime it happens. So there's a lot of balls getting juggled. I'm probably going to drop a whole bunch of them. Let's see if we can do the thing that we do. First, to the offense, I just like to look in general. The Raven offense is scoring, but they don't run a lot of plays. We saw that manifest in the beginning of the season with our very long plays generally to Bateman, but he went down, those plays dried up, and the Ravens have really struggled, I'm looking, man, they scored 20 against Buffalo, 19 on the Bengals, 20 to the Giants, 23 to the Browns, not really what you'd expect, not really making that team total, the run game is very strong, again, Lamar, plus the running backs, 156 run yards on the ground, which is very good, five and a half yards per attempt, or really good, but the passing game has really struggled, can't get by on the 17 completions per game that they're getting off at, at 190 yards per game, we're seeing more and more of that across the league, I covered that at The Athletic, if you're into paying a dollar a month for football information, long story short, the too high shell, again, we're doing analytics, we're going to do projections, we're doing daily, I like to do some X's and O's also, because I think, again, fine-tuning the edge. So, what we're seeing is a distinctive, definitive downgrade, not just in scoring NFL actual points, but fantasy scoring DFS and the like all the way, you know, subsequently all the way down the line. Now, we have seen an oversimplification blaming the too high shell. Now, again, an oversimplification, it is. And again, doing what oversimplifications do, getting near the target, but not really explaining enough of it. Football's not that simple. There's too many moving pieces. So though there is a too high shell happening, and it's being copycatted, we're seeing it more and more. Basically, the defense is trying to have the players, player the furthest back so as not to get beaten long. It makes a lot of sense. However, this is being combined with stunt play on the defensive line, particularly in front of the center, right? The center with the ball. You can't line up in front of him, but you can pull tricks around him, right? To spin that head, try and get behind him, which is creating pressure on the quarterback from the line with the deep play in the back. What we're seeing now, the flip side has been... Teams going into this hyper shotgun use. So that's what I covered at the Athletic. The amount of teams going into this hyper shotgun use, which we're now seeing this kind of trend. And the idea being you're giving the quarterback the extra half a second, millisecond, whatever it is, gigawatt, you know, whatever. <laughs> you get that reference, get in the comments. You know, to read the defense, to get more to the short and intermediate. One of the teams who sort of do it, the Colts and Paris Campbell exploded, starting being featured in the slot role, right? Because that's where those are going to go. High percentage plays, trying to get over that defensive line. And then Cincinnati Bengals as well, why we were on the Tyler Boyd prop, which smashed when we had him in DFS, which smashed. So, again, I just think that's where the puck is going, not where it's been type of stuff. X's and O's. Okay, so that's a touch of what you're going to get here at the show. I think I might as well ask for a like button there. I don't know where else you're getting all this craziness. And for the audio-only listeners, remember, you could jump over to YouTube. We have all the projections are up on images. So you could see all that at once. Do your own comparisons without having to hear me scream at my computer. So... Man, this is going to be tough. You know, let's do the defenses real quick and see if we can put our narrative together again. Something that I talk about, right, in a showdown in particular. I think it's important that you draw up a narrative, how you think the game is going to go, and then follow through on that. As not to, well, I wouldn't be my favorite an analysis is. And I wouldn't be shocked if this happened. I wouldn't be shocked if Mark Andrews had 15 catches. I wouldn't be shocked if he had no catches. I wouldn't be shocked if Godwin had 4,000 points. I wouldn't be shocked if he had seven. So, if, if analysts kind of build these back doors for him to get out of it mentally. I don't care. Like, I know I'm going to be wrong, and I'm going to be very wrong. 
wrong, but I'm going to be wrong the right way. So there's another lesson, feather in the cap, stuff that will stick with you hopefully beyond just today. All right, let's dive into the defenses. We know the Ravens are a bit wild. They do a lot of weird two and three tight end sets, but we haven't seen it translate into likely. And then we even saw the four, four out from Andrews. I wonder how limited he's been. They limited him practice, but then he played, so we figured he was going to be good. Ugh. Not so much. All right, let's start with Tampa Bay because that's really where the strong defensive play is. I don't, yes, they've gotten, like, they've lost and had some bad outputs, but the defense is not bad. Remember, football is a game. The, it's hard to predict because the ball isn't round. We don't know where it's going to bounce. The cheesiest that is. Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense is not bad. Okay, positive EPA per snap. Less than 28 yards per drive. Only allowing scores on less than 28% of drives, which is all really, really good. They are top six in defensive total EPA. Their top third in EPA per play, very good against the rush. EPA per snap is positive. They will allow running yards, right? That's going to happen. Again, teams... So you get the 118 yards per game, which again is not terrible. I like to focus more on the yards per rush down at 4.3, only four TDs allowed. They're also been strong against the pass. Again, you might not know it with the game logs the last few days, but it just... Uh, a lot of times people that box score watch and try and stand and watch, that's like the major way to get into trouble. The defense, Tampa Bay this is, held Atlanta to 15, held Pittsburgh to 20, held Carolina to 21. Yes, Kansas City went off. Kansas City is going to do Kansas City things. So I'm trying to get too hopped up into that stuff. I was just trying to draw the picture. Tampa Bay is very good, even as far as the balance, only 190 passing yards per game, held, holding opponent quarterbacks to an 86 Passer rating, only 10 yards per perception, per perception, per reception. And they're playing a lot of zone. So expect that they're using zone at one of the higher rates in the league. That's like 74%. Over to the Ravens, D. It's, it's been a rough go. They've, it's been bad on totals. But again, we have to be careful with this, like, oh, the Ravens defense is bad. The Ravens defense is suffering from tons of off uh, de- injuries in the secondary. That's really hurt them as far as deep plays go where they've gotten beat. So a lot of the overall stats for the Ravens are going to look pretty rough. 64 plays, 23 points, 366 yards, 5.7 yards per play. The negative EPA per snap, 35 yards per drive. None of those are any good, allowing scoring drives nearly 40% of the time. The run game has been good. The linebacker play has been good. It's been, again, the passing game where they've just gotten beat up a little bit. 261 pass yards per game, allowing almost 26 completions, 67% completion rate. All that stuff's really tough. The passer rating, opposing passer rating, up over 90. I know people have been dragging Tom Brady. He has not been nearly as bad as people want. There's been some drops. There's just been some misses. Again, these things happen. I watched some of the throws. I thought Brady looked crisp. He gets the ball out. It's on a rope, you know, and it's there. So I'm kind of expecting probably the Buccaneers to win that one. And I have one really good one. If I didn't earn the like button, we're about to get that one now. Again, part of my transition to the statistics was that I wanted to get a bit more granular. Again, I think especially in showdown play, this is the stuff that matters. Get ready to press the like button. Baltimore Ravens against the slot. Okay, they have bottom three defensive EPA against the slot. They've allowed 62 receptions and 11 touchdowns to the slot. So you got to be looking at the slot play for the Buccaneers. Again, this stuff getting like granular, 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 granular. Godwin last three games out of the slot. Remember, Gage is not playing. 
So, Godwin last few games from the slot, 20 targets, 11 catches for 137. How about Cade Otten last three games from the slot, 9 targets, 8 for 93. Ding, 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 ding. We'll see if you can guess. We're going to go with our prop play and my number one play overall. So there's your blue chips. I do like the Ravens. I think it's going to be a lot more Lamar scrambling and not being able to do what he wants because Andrews is injured. They're really going to struggle. I think the Bucks D is good. I think the Bucks get right, and they probably win this one. On the Bucks side, I think Brady will be good. He'll probably get there. I also like Godwin because of the slot work. I also like Otten because of the slot work. Evans, I'm afraid of the pricing. And then we'll get into the running backs in a second, if you could only spare me this second to take a deep breath. This stuff is way harder than it sounds. All right, we're past the 50-yard line. That's your blue chip section. Let's dive up into the penny stocks because I have a good segue. But first, man, let me just catch my breath. All right, it's the second pillar of profit here at The Mix. Brought to you by Mail Media and presented by Jock Market, the penny stock section here. I wanted to have that segue from the running back. So let's actually start there. Again, audio only listeners, you could jump over. I have everything pertinent to this exercise, this value exercise that we're doing in this thing of ours. Player, the points, salary, cost per point analysis. Get used to this. Think of points in terms of a rate stat rather than a total then we have the projected ownership and then the jock market ipo again this is the preeminent jock market show no one else covering it the way we are because i don't think anyone else is really playing it at the level i do it's almost like trading once you talk to somebody for just a few minutes you could tell if they're doing it themselves or if they're not unlike betting right anybody could kind of i bet the money line it's very simple right it's binary and simple jock market is neither of those things and i think that's why we've gotten paid and also i like it so much again it's not a 19 parlay you have the freedom to play what you want let's do the running backs before i get derailed again we want to focus on the buccaneers running backs first leonard fournette projected for 18 and a half points at 8.8 dk box now that 475 course per point is really nice however i gotta push back on this a little bit i'm worried that i think we're seeing one of these flippings kind of happened. So, beginning of the season, it was all Lenny all the time. Like, snap rates up in the high 80s, like the 90s. Fast forward to week seven last week, they were tied in snaps. Fournette only out-touched White 10-7 against Carolina. And Lenny only ran 24 routes to White's 20. So, that's enough. Get away from Fournette at the price. Give me Rashad White. He's my clear value play. Again, where we're, Justin Dials, I believe the usage is off here. I don't see this as a 66 to 33, right? 18 of the 27 projected running back points going to Fournette. I think that's more white. I think that might be closer to 50-50 like we saw last week. He's been the running back with more juice. And he seems to be earning Brady's trust. So especially from a value lens this is why i want to do this first fournette we mentioned 18588 salary 475 cost per point rashad white at the as constituted projections nine point projection 4.8 salary 533 cost per point it's comparable in the first place not to mention his ipo is one third of fournette's if you were to adjust right look what i'm doing with my fingers there and bring white's projection up because the salary in DK is stagnant, the cost per point by definition goes down. The benefit, or one of the benefits in jock market is DK projections are driving this market, which again makes a lot of sense. It's the prominent, prevalent market. 
And again, the Venn diagram, most of the people are probably playing both of these things. Although I've been finding I'd much rather play Jock Market than DK conventional, right? Being a 19 parlay and all these showdown things where you have all these duplicates, even if you win. I'd rather view each of these plays in an individual lens and try and win on each of them. And you've seen the receipts. We've done very well with the value plays. You find cheap guys that in a showdown can easily finish in the top five, right? We're not even talking about number one. We're talking about the top five overall in return. A nice profit, so value is going to be a little tough to find in this game let's just do it really really fast there is no value at the quarterback position Brady and Lamar with the equal projection Lamar with the higher salary because of the running the ownerships are both going to be you know up 63 65 or above both IPOs expect 15 bucks so I generally draw the top at 1250 although I like running quarterbacks but Lamar has been so disappointing I can't pay 17 dollars for a 25 max where, you know, if he's just the fourth player in the game, fourth best player is a loser. So I'm going to say no thank you to the quarterbacks here because of the pricing. Fournette and White, we did. Justice Hill, that's the play that I like. Everybody's into Gus Edwards. Let's do the same thing again. Hey, we're at the point in the season where you got to start, like, splitting stats. It's very hard for me to just bring up spreadsheets, start reading them like I normally do. So Gus had the big game last week. Yes, everybody's on him. He only played 36% of the snaps. Justice Hill, year-to-date, 6.3 yards per carry, two yards before contact, more than four yards per rush after contact, 17% explosive rush rate, all of those lead the team. So I actually think Justice Hill's best runner showed the most juice. I think Gus will get the rock, but I think it's, again, I think the projections are off. I think Justice Hill's projection should be higher. I think he's in line for a split share. He was coming off the injured list, and I think he'll be back. So give me Hill for sure. I think the projection is off. I love the 2.4 salary. The cost per point, of course, um, would be changing because I think the point projection is way off. The, what I really love is the 260 IPO, right? He could catch a ball and end up in the end zone. He's going to end up in the top, you know, eight automatically and be a profit. So give me Justin Hill for sure. The wide receiver is going to be tough here. We got Miller, Godwin, Evans, Bateman, and Duvernay, pretty much all of the relevant players in the game. Man, we've seen Miller get peppered with targets in games where he has kind of the starting role, the third role. But the A dot is so low and the conversion rate has been so low that I wonder if he's just like the escape plan and he's been hard to get to. If Miller's IPO does land at the 159 we see, then I think you can go for it. If you think he gets a 7.5 point projection at the 3.2 salary as posted, then I think you go for it. I can't get to the projection. I don't think he's going to get there. I think 7.5 has been his max. I don't know if he's going to make his max because of the player that I like. Fast forward to the bottom. It's Big Cade Otten. You know, that's my boy right now. The 8.4 point projection has is probably, I don't know, 30% less than what he's achieved in every single game as a starter. Love the 5,000 salary. I disagree with the cost per point, though 595, even if you're fully aligned with the projections, is not crazy. 21% ownership, 509 IPO, Cade Otten really checking all the boxes. There is a, a, a world where, you know, he's the top player because he's... I mean, I, I maybe it's me. Maybe it is me, I guess. You know, you got to take stands. You got to be out in front of things when you create content. But I don't, I don't feel like I ever take wild swings. I try and data back pretty much everything that I do. Uh, Kate Otten's getting, <laughs> Kate Otten's getting work, yo. You know, like it, it's he's getting work. Last week alone, I have this up. Um, Eighty percent of snaps, he ran a drop back on seventy-two and a half percent of routes. Ten percent of the team target share. Five targets, four catches, sixty-four yards. Um, Thirteen and a half target per route run, almost two yards per route. 
yeah, don't we? I mean, you're you're going to tell me, big rookie tight end jumps into the Tampa Bay offense. We know crusty Tom Brady. Not only are they struggling, he has a history of being tough on. Let's say tough on rookies, but he's going to. You have to earn his trust, right? You have to earn the old man's trust. You can't fool that old dog. Um, Otten has come in and played a straight up prominent role. A prominent role. So with Brait on the field, yeah, you don't get much. He started to emerge, but versus KC, Brait finished that game and Otten had three for 29. Brait misses the game versus Atlanta. Otten goes six for 43. Brait plays again. That he ends up leaving. They end up splitting work. Fast forward to week seven, where Brayton misses again. Otten goes six, four, four, 64. I mean, he's basically the third option on the Buccaneers. So if you're telling me that I can get a third option on the Bucks for $5 in jock market in a game against the Ravens, who have really, really struggled, and I've been saving the best nugget for last, then I'm definitely going to do that. So from a value lens, if you are going to show down, for me, it's Jackson over Brady, though I do think the Buccaneers win. It's White over Fournette. I like Hill over Edwards. I'm fading Miller. Godwin's my favorite play. And I think, unfortunately, uh, I think I'm off the Ravens wideouts. This is really tough for me because I'm a... Uh, I was a Ravens stand coming into the year. That was one of my kind of big, I don't know, best ball stands, right? That was one of my big things I wrote about that. The Athletic loved Mark Andrews. Thought he's on every team. I thought Lamar Jackson was MVP bound. And then I thought Rashad Bateman was going to be a piece of that. So, and especially when you give him fantasy advice, the same way I give DFS and daily jock market advice, I really want it to be actionable. Like, I hate when people just tell you, like, get, go get the best, all the best players. That's not just how life works. So, but you could get Andrews in the second and... Jackson in the fifth or sixth, depending. And then Bateman right after that, like that 7-8 kind of wrap of the next spot. So three weeks in, I was, you know, on my high horse loving life because, you know, I didn't always think about that. The stack you put together, one seven eight one six seven two six seven I should say, is going bananas, not hand style, and you still have pick, you know, one, three, for to do work and I was at the top of a lot of big leaderboards and the Ravens kind of went down and the wide receiver room hasn't really produced it's been a pretty tough go I'm going to do the last few weeks for you just because I have a second I'm trying to filibuster through this really quick again I gotta split you gotta be splitting stuff um this is last couple games Duvernay you know the work is there 78 percent of Dropbacks, he's running around 17% of the team target share, but only converting eight targets to three receptions. He has gotten end zone looks as well, but he's just been wildly inefficient. And we need to know if Andrews is going to play before we invest in the Ravens at all without that key piece. Even if Bateman, I believe, will play, he had a full practice, so I fully believe he'll play. But even with like Bateman and Duvernay without Andrews, I think you got to pull the plug on. The Ravens, unless one conditional is, keep your eye on Isaiah Likely for sure. Although I have a feeling because he's kind of cultish, right? He had a best ball following, that his IPO is going to soar. So I wouldn't be into that. Meaning I'm not going to pay more for Likely than I would for Otten. But you do have to consider if they're underneath that triple nickel 555. Again, true, actionable information that you could use in the jock market. 
DK, I don't know Likely's price. I'm sure it's very, very low. Without Andrews, make Likely a smash. Expect his ownership to be crazy, but you're going to have to go with it anyway, right? Now, sometimes you just have to eat that. And that is the penny stock section of the show, right? We're going... Okay, we did everybody, right? It's We love Godwin, and I like Otten, and, of course, Lamar Jackson, and then the backup running backs based on value, I think. Hill, Justice Hill... And Rashad White could be the head turners today, at least as far as these like these role you know, usage kind of waves happen. Again, very easy to chase the output. Thirty six percent of snaps for Edwards to me is not like definitive RB one. His price is going to be through the roof, and I won't be interested. All right, now we got the rock into the red zone. Let's punch this bad boy home in just one second. All right, let's wrap this one up strong as always. It's your week eight. Thursday Night Football Prop brought to you by Jock Market. And it is my boy, Cade Otten, over 29 and a half receiving yards. Yes, yes, y'all. And you don't stop. Give me this one for sure, Z. Okay, what I was getting at before, again, I think when it comes down to player stuff, we need to be a bit more granular. And, you know, NFL stats need to be split because of games missed create splits and time missed affects season stats, right? So I hope, okay, I hope that made sense. The, there aren't enough games, right, to make a large enough sample that if a player misses a game, it throws off everything. And we have to be careful reacting to that. Sometimes the season-long stats scream. Like Baltimore defense, 30th defensive EPA against the slot. They've allowed 62 catches for 681 and 11 TDs. I mentioned before, Godwin has done work in the slot, but I'm going to be working on Otten, who is taking the rest of the slot snaps. Again, I don't think people have really picked up on this. Again, getting down to this granular information is not really provided anywhere. So, you know, follow me up on Twitter at John Legacy. You follow myself, The Athletic. I'm, we just did that work. We're really, really, really trying to bring the heat. You know, here at Mayo Maidenet, and the Twitter handle, and everywhere else, the Patreon page covering betting line clv model is out there we're doing well betting plus all the extra alt props these props on the show i really like to be very clear are a lean i am waiting for the alt prop i want to be very very clear kate otten 029 receiving yards at minus 112 that you see here will probably be booked at O plus 40 right so they run fanduel runs plus 40 039 a lot of 039 and a half might be plus 155 and i just want that because what I mentioned, Otten from the slot, nine targets in the last three games, eight catches for 93 yards from the slot from the big man. In the games with no break, he went six for 43 and four for 64. On the season, 11% of the team target share when he's playing, right? So again, we have to do that. 15 targets, 12 for 130 and 0. 28% of those routes in the slot. So uh, that's it. Give me Otten. Give me Otten lined up in the slot. I think we'll see it early and often as Otten continues to cement himself as a favorite target of Tom Brady, which just is fantastic that this has slid under the radar. I have Otten on all my fantasy teams. You know, that was before the last game, and now I feel like it's cemented it, and people still still seem to be a little onto other players. Like, I know Harrison Bryant was a popular pick for the Browns. You probably see him in a lot of, you know, DFS lineups, which I understand. And without Otten, yeah, I'll go that way too. But... I don't think we're going to see Bray again, and Njoku will be back, and he's a super stud. 
So I thought Otten was the clear rest of season play. There's a bit of fantasy for you also. So it's analysis, it's data capping, it's jock market, DFS, and every single thing you could think of and a bag of chips that will do it from the mix. Powered by Mayo Media Net and presented by Jock Market with your host, John Lacaza, who loves you very, very much. And I hope this show, you know, says that, right? Without me saying it, I hope the show says it. Just an absolute mountain of preparation goes into all these, making these graphics and mining all the statistics and splitting them and analyzing and just all this, all this stuff. And I love to do it, you know, absolutely do what I, I more than the game handicapping because, again, no one's going to care about, no one's going back to rewatch the analysis, but I do know. And I've had people tell me they go back to watch these, the final parts sometimes, because the betting lessons really matter. So, you know, as always, keep that stuff in mind. We mentioned sustainability. We mentioned, remember, value is a rate stat. Just because something is cheap does not mean it's a value. Something that's cheap still has to produce. Something can be expensive to be a value if it overproduces, right? So that's kind of what we're looking for from Lamar Jackson. If the expectation is the Bucks running all that zone will stunt him, and open up those running lanes for him. That also may happen, right? May not open up long runs the way man coverage may and moving everybody to one side. Zone coverage run deep, it, you may see a bunch of first downs. So maybe even the, like the Lamar rush prop is on there. May end up on my ticket as well, which you can get on Twitter and it's free on Patreon as well. We're doing all the things that we love to do. Me and you, the Cork Stats crew, rate, review, and subscribe to the audio only pod. Make sure you download the Jock Market app and use the promo code MMN. I will be up in the JM streets tonight. Bet your bottom dollar looking at Rashad White, looking at Justice Hill. I like Godwin as my top blue chip play. I think I love Cade Otten. And if you didn't know, you don't know, now you know. So holler if you hear me, get up in the comments. After you rate, review, and subscribe, all that good stuff. Hit us up on Twitter, tag Patty on Twitter. Let him know how much fun you're having with this show. And, you know, we're doing it on every game day. We're even doing it on weekend. Love the main slate show as well. That is a carousel of circuses, if that means anything. So... That'll do it as I'm beginning to derail. Thanks for picking up what we're putting down here at the Mayo Media Net. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your day when we're done with the book. Enjoy that pay. And remember, when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like Lockdown. Peace.